word today. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go on and talk a little bit more about looking to God, my provider. And I'm just going to continue to give you a little bit of a, a history of how my wife and I proved God uh, to be our provider over time. And we're going to start in Psalm 1 and verse 1. Psalm 1 and verse 1. It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, enviable. Boy, I like that descriptive that right there. Is the man or the person, here's the qualifier, who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Here's another qualifier. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, or in the word of God. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies. How? Day and night. The things of God ought to be on our mind. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. I'm going to read that again. And everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Now, we love the statements there at the end, but if we're going to get what we say there at the end, we've got to not do, do the first part, which is not go to the counsel of the ungodly or stand or sit down and relax in the presence of the scornful. But what, what do we do? We delight ourselves in the things of God. I saw this statement by Dad Hagen, and I think it fits right here. But listen to this. I want you to listen because these things, again, are pre-qualifiers for us to have God being our provider. Dad Hagen said... Keep a tender conscience. And you know what? You can't do that if you walk in the way of the counsel of the ungodly. Keep a tender conscience. Listen now. Don't violate your conscience because it's your conscience, the voice of your spirit, that relates to your mind what the Spirit of God is saying to you down inside. And if you don't keep a tender conscience, spiritual things will not be clear to you. Neither will the direction be clear to you. Neither will Psalm 1, 1 through 3 come to pass. Thank God we can do the word and have a clear conscience. I'm going to say it again. Keep a tender conscience. Don't violate it. Because it is your conscience, the voice of your spirit, that relates to your mind what the Spirit of God is saying to you down on the inside. If you don't keep a tender conscience, spiritual things will not be clear to you. So that is another thing we need to do. Keep a tender heart. Keep a clear conscience. So talking about trusting God and looking to God as our provider and the things we've learned in trusting God as our provider, we learn in order for us to trust God as our source, we had to change our mindset. 3 John 2 clearly tells us, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, but it's even as thy soul prospers. In other words, a change in mindset must come before 
must come before a change in life will come. I had to learn that God wants to take care of us. When I first turned on fire for God, when I was in freshman in, in uh, college, man, I was all out after God. I wasn't really concerned about Him meeting my needs. I just loved Him. I just loved Him for who He was. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I had power finally to move forward in my life. But then I had to learn, wait a minute now, God wants to take care of me as a loving Father. And that truth uh, means more to me today than it ever has because my dad is in the grandstands of heaven. He's passed now, I guess, about six years, and, and um, I thank God for the fatherhood of God. He takes that wonderful place in my life where he can provide for me. Psalm 23 and verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Amplified says, To feed me, to guide me, and to shield me, and I shall not lack. When I look to God as my provider, I shall not lack. I shall not lack for opportunity. I shall not lack for wisdom. I shall not lack for provision. I shall not lack for prosperity or protection. I shall not lack for an abundant supply. So let's talk a little bit more about our story today. And you'll have to go back to last week to get a bigger picture of it. But I want to get down to uh, some things today to take a few more steps forward. But I told you last week that I grew up in a loving family of seven kids. Yes, seven kids plus two parents. That's nine in a household. And that was quite an active household. But my parents were entrepreneurs. Uh, if they didn't get paid, we wouldn't eat. We'd go without. But thank God, God always provided somehow. God always provided. They had to learn to trust God as their provider, and they earned everything they had to show for in life with God's blessing upon their life. But I thank God, most importantly, for their, their work ethic that they modeled, modeled before me. I'm a worker, and uh, my family, we're workers, and uh, I'm so thankful for that because it was modeled before me. You, you work hard, good things will happen as a result of that. Thomas Edison said, three great essentials to achieving anything worthwhile. Do you want to achieve something worthwhile? Well, first of all, it's going to take hard work. So, oh man, couldn't that be another step? Well, first, hard work. Second, stick to faithfulness. My wife talked about the faithfulness of our production team. And right before I got up here, I thank you for your faithfulness, production team. I do. Without the helps ministry, we would not have a ministry. And any of you who want to volunteer, just call the church and get on one of our dynamic teams. It'll bless you so much. It's, it's more of a blessing to serve than it is to watch someone else serve. It's just something happens to you that uh, just awakens your purpose. But, uh, and then, so first of all, if we're going to do anything worthwhile, work hard, stick to or faithfulness. Uh, or, and third, common sense. Use your common sense. So I'm so blessed that my parents helped me go to college so I could become gainfully employed. I have a business degree from Appalachian State University, and it's helped me throughout my life. Then uh, I, I took a different path after business school, and after working in my uh, parents' company, the Lord had a call on my life. So I began to pursue ministry. But there was a point in my life, here's what I want to get to today. 
There was a point in my life that I had to start trusting God for myself. Like my parents trusted God for their, their selves, their, their business, their family, our family. I had to get to a point in my life where I could be self-sufficient in my sufficiency in God, where God could be my provider, where I can look to Him. Because how many found out in your lifetime that people will promise you some things and might not necessarily come through with them? And I've, I've heard that more times than I can, I can think of right now where people said, I'm called of God to support Harvest Church. And I said, thank you so much. That's a, I mean, God uses people to to uh, tithe and give, to help us fulfill the work of the ministry. But anytime someone promises us that, I immediately go and I say, God, you're my source. I don't do that in front of them. But I say, thank you very much. And, uh, but God is our source. Why don't you say that with me? God is my source. So we had to get to a point in our life where, um, where we had to look to God for our source this is where I started. I had a, a desire to seek God. I had a desire to pursue Him. I had a desire to fulfill my purpose. I had a desire to become a success in His eyes. And probably one of my favorite scriptures on how to become all that I just stated is Matthew 6.33. In the Amplified it says, but seek, aim at, strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. Then I like Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. It says, but you shall remember with, do you read these words? Is it up there? But you shall remember with profound respect. Man, that's like God calling us out right now. But you shall remember with profound respect respect the Lord your God because it is he who who is giving you power to make wealth that he may confirm his covenant which he swore solemnly promised to your fathers as it is this day so I wanted God to help me become a provider for myself I wanted God to help me become a provider for my eventual family when I got married I wanted God to help me to provide for my future, and I wanted to be a blessing to others. Now, I had to learn to put God first in everything, to trust God as my provider and learn His ways of how He prospers us, of how He causes us to have an abundant supply. Genesis 31, 42 gives us another key. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, we sang about that this morning, if he had not been with me, you would have surely have sent me away empty-handed. Oh, I thank God. God is in us. God is with us. God is for us. God provides for us. He will not ever let us uh, alone or by ourselves. He'll not ever let us uh, let us down. He'll provide for us. And then 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 3. I'm going to read this in the message translation. It says, Uzziah was 16 years old. Listen, when he became king. Can you imagine serving a 16-year-old king? And he reigned for 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Jechaliah from Jerusalem. 
He behaved well in the eyes of God. That's a, good, that's a good key right there. He behaved well in the eyes of God, following in the footsteps of his father Amaziah. And he was a loyal seeker of God. He was well trained by his pastor and teacher, Zechariah, to live in reverent obedience before God. And for as long as Zechariah lived, Uzziah, Uzziah lived a godly life. And as long as he lived that godly life, God prospered him. I'll never forget way back when I turned on fire for God and got a hold of the word of faith and, and the things of God. I remember Norval Hayes would, would bring that scripture out. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And that was a sort of a, a specialty that God had Norval Hayes help people prosper in life through the word of God. But the Amplified says it like this, as long as he sought, inquired of, and yearned, listen to these words, as long as he sought, inquired of, yearned for the Lord, God made him to prosper. You know, when you seek after God, he'll, he'll give you keys to how to prosper. We keep him first. We want to please him in our lifestyle. We want to please Him in our character development. We want to please Him in walking in His ways. We want to please Him in learning practical things. You know, God is a very, very practical God. He, he wants us to prosper, but He wants us to learn practical things. So in order for God to prosper us, I had to learn this also, a practical life skills. You know what? I saw this statement. I can't get credit for it, but I don't know who said it, but it's true anyhow. Ignorance can be life-threatening. It is so true. So there's really no excuse to be ignorant today. We can learn. We can listen. We can, we can hear those who have been uh, successful and are successful. We can learn, and we can apply things to our life because the Word of God says in Hosea 4, 6, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Every day I'm studying something. Every day I'm learning something. Every day I'm meditating on that word. Every day, I'm feeding on an area that I need to grow in. And I'm hearing a key or two. And then I get some adjustments, and I apply these practical things to my life. But you know what? Knowledge not acted upon will not get you results either. So we act on the word. We're not just a forgetful hearer of the word of God, but we're a doer of the word. So I believe that in the course of this service today that you, even through praise and worship, maybe God ministered something to you. Hold on to that and apply it. Then the word's coming forth right now. My wife exhorted us today. There's something in there that, that we could take away from that and apply that to our life. Then the word, there's things that are going to be said today that you take that and apply that to your life, and it will help you. It will help you. As a matter of fact, in we learning how to be provided for by God, you know what? Sometimes we have to learn how to stop making childish decisions. You know, childish decisions can get in our way of, of the prosperity God wants us to have. Yeah, that was a good point. Thank you. <laughs> so I had to learn and do many things, many other things. I had to learn and do it, and I had to start acting like a grown-up, start making grown-up decisions rather than just consume things and live paycheck to paycheck and spend everything I had. There's, there's a spiritual side and there's a natural side. Most of the time when people lack, it's really not a money problem. It's a money management problem. It's a seeking God problem. It might be a wisdom situation 
where, where we just set certain patterns in our life where, where we can use self-control and be prospered day after day. So I wanted to bless life like God promised, but there's more scriptures like Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. But if you refuse to rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So we need to be willing to do what God's asking us to do. We need to be obedient, but not have a bad attitude while we're being obedient. We need to have a good work ethic. As a matter of fact, Bobby Unser said it like this, success is where preparation and opportunity meet. Success is where preparation and opportunity meet. I would have to say one of my characteristics in my life, and I think it runs through my family, we are over-preparers. <laughs> we like to prepare as if God's not going to help us and then show up as if we didn't prepare. So we yield to God. But it's good to be a preparer. You want to prepare. Faith prepares. Always does. If you're believing God for something, you're going to be preparing for it, and you're going to be expecting it. But nothing will change in our current situation unless we learn something and then we do what we've just learned. Our goal as parents, parents, listen, our goal as parents should be to teach our kids to have a good work ethic and to become self-sufficient to where they can trust God for themselves eventually. But there was a point in my life, and this is going back 32 years ago, 32 years ago, I intentionally made God the source of my life. I distinctly and intentionally was in a service, and, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. I intentionally made God my source and my provider from that moment forward. I began to look to Him. Now, God uses people to help us. God uses people to, to uh, bless us. Um, but we want to look to God as our provider and let Him figure out the ways to get increased to us. But Eddie Cantor said, you know what? It took me 20 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> so it's taken me 32 years to have any type of success because of doing things and learning things and unlearning things and, and applying things and doing practical things and growing up. And, you know, when I, was, uh, when I moved to Oklahoma in 1988, in church, this is where it made a change in my life. That's why we need to assemble. We need to do virtual church. I, I heard a, a, a series about tithing and a series about giving, and I had to learn. And I, and I was listening because I was, I was out there at Rama, and, and uh, I was going to school full-time, and, and I was working full-time, and I was like, God, I, I, I need to learn how to how to once and for all make you my source. So when I heard that series, I learned that the tithe belongs to the Lord. I learned that the tithe belongs to the local church. And uh, that supports the budget. It supports uh, the outreach. It supports our purpose. It supports our ability to fulfill the Great Commission. You know, one of the things that I greatly respected about uh, Kenneth E. Hagan, Dad Hagan, just as a term of endearment, in his big meetings, when he'd receive an offering, he said, listen, I want to make clear to you that 
Tonight we're receiving an offering, but you do not tithe to this meeting. You don't tithe the special meetings. You don't tithe to uh, non-church entities, but you tithe to the local church. You tithe to your church. So I don't receive your tithe, but you can give offerings. And, and that's when, when, when people teach accurately according to the Word of God. Dad Hagen was a pastor's friend. See, he, he, I, I encourage people, yeah, tithe to your church, but, you know, if the Lord places other ministries in, in your heart that's, that bless you, I mean, you can give an offering to them. But the tithe is holy. It belongs to the Lord. And once, once I found out these different things, I just put my foot down. And I said, from here on out, I will tithe every dime out of a dollar, every dollar out of 10, every 10 out of 100, and so forth and so on. And I took a step of faith and put God first, and I started tithing on everything. I mean, even when people would give us a piece of furniture, I would factor that up. What, what's that worth about? Matter of fact, my wife and I even had a car given to us at one time. I factored a tithe on that. And matter of fact, we sowed that car after uh, God had blessed us with it for a time. So I took a step of faith, and I never looked back. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 and 10 says, Honor, honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits, or the 10%, the first 10% of your income, so that your storage places will be filled with plenty, and your vats shall overflow with new wine. You'll have increase. So I had to learn that my job was not my provider. I had to learn that my job was a resource that provided me seeds that I could tithe, that I could sow, and God is my source. God is my source. Would you say that with me? God is my source. Everything else is a resource, and we need to see it that way. God is my source. In the ministry, we've had people, again, promise us different things, but we, never, we, we just never staked our decisions based upon what somebody said they would do. We always looked at God and said, hey, God, thank you for sending people to support and surround the mission and surround the vision of Harvest Church that we'd be able to fulfill what you want us to do. But, Father, we're going to look to you. We're going to look to you. And... and I'll just keep it right there because I could tell you a few stories like that. But I thank God when there was, there was one particular time that was sort of a, a major decision my wife and I made, and this particular person said, don't worry about it. I will help fund it. And the first thing I did was look to my wife, and we looked at each other, and we said, we're going to look to God. We are not going to count on that. We're going to make decisions based upon God and God alone and what He's saying in our heart. Now, when people come through, that's refreshing, but we still look to God because He's our source. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says, Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income, into the storehouse, that's your church, that there may be food in my house, and prove me now by it, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out the blessing that there's not room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer, the insects, and the plagues for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine drop its fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And again, I thank God for ministries that are not necessarily a church, 
bit like the Dad Hagens. As a matter of fact, I think I even remember Joyce Meyer said, listen, don't tithe here in these meetings. You tithe to your local church. And that, that befriends a pastor because, again, if, if other ministries take away the tithe from the local church, the local church has, doesn't have the funds to, to be able to do the mission. And we should be working hand-in-hand in partnerships to, to fulfill the will of God. But we're living in God's purpose. I know that for sure. My wife and I and my family, and we're living in God's purpose, and that's so important. And we're learning His ways of doing and being right. And God has provided, and God has proved to be faithful. I mean, so faithful to us and the ministry. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28 says, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his own hands. Is that work thing again? Hard worker. Work the thing which is good. Why? That he may have, have to give to him that needeth. You know, there's, there's tithing and giving. There's seed. When we plant seed, then there's time that it takes for that seed to germinate and grow. And then there's harvest. And there's a scripture that talks about if you'll send out um, offerings on every wave, you'll just begin to have a continual harvest. That's why consistency in tithing and giving is so important. So you eventually get into a consistent crop, a consistent harvest of finances and provisions for our life. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 10 says, God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide, but also multiply your resources for sowing. And he'll increase the fruits of your righteousness. This is talking about offering, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus, you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous in your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. So there's never been a time that I can remember, of course, it's that, that, that God didn't come through for us. Now, there could have been a time I made a bad financial decision that we lacked, but it's never, never, ever uh, on God's side has He never not come through for us. He's always come through for my family. He's always seen to it that our needs are met. He's always seen to it that our ministry is met even in this pandemic because of your faithful tithing and giving the budget has always been met every single week over almost five months now we haven't even had uh you know physical church here but just virtual church because you know god is your source and you know the truth of tithing and giving you're faithful that the budget continues to go on and we're 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 doing ministry probably larger than we ever have before in helping people that's good because, right, you're not, you're not looking to your job as your source. You're looking to your God as your source and His ways, being in His purpose, fulfilling His ways of doing and being, and uh, His ways of tithing and giving. Now, there was a couple people that sent me a testimony. I won't m- mention their names, but um, this is a testimony of somebody that, that uh, learned to tithe and give. said, before tithing, it was always a struggle. Every month I dreaded our house payment, not knowing if we could pay it and still have enough money to run on. And after hearing a message on tithing, we decided together to give God a shot. (laughs) Give God a shot. You know that scriptural? The word says, prove me. Put me to the test. And they said, you know what? We gave God a shot. It wasn't easy. 
We were tempted to spend money on other things if we had money at all. But after proving that we were going to pay our tithes no matter what, things started to change. And eventually, things started to change to the point that we moved into our dream house. And we have never struggled to meet our house payment since we've been faithful tithing. We see God's blessing on us in many ways, not just monetary. Isn't that good? It doesn't just work for us. It doesn't just work for the preacher. It doesn't just work for uh, somebody you might think is spiritual. These are God's ways of doing and being right and having God's provision. Here's another quick testimony. In the past, we struggled every month to pay our bills. Every single month, it was just a struggle. But after hearing Pastor teach on Malachi 3.10, we started applying the Scripture to our lives. It was tough at times, but God always provided. Say that with me. God always provides. God always provides. And after we got the principle of tithing down with consistency and faithfulness, God has continued to bless us so that we can be a blessing, and we are expecting to be even more of a blessing in the days to come. We have to get to the place where when we see God's principles of tithing and giving, we see tithing not just an Old Testament law issue, because it's not just an Old Testament law issue. It was sanctioned by God before the law. It was sanctioned by God during the law. And we can see in Hebrews, it was sanctioned by God after the law. So thank God that we still tithe and we give today. We tithe now, not just because we have to, but we get to support the house of God. We get to support God's purpose, and we further the gospel, and we, we further God's eternal purposes and fulfill the Great Commission. So tithing helps us advance God's purpose. Tithing helps us also to keep our eyes on God as our source. I, I um, get paid every Tuesday, and man, the very first thing I do is I text to give. I just, no, actually, I, I switched over to the church app. But I give, I give my tithe, and I give an offering. And I thank God, that's the first thing I do, and I worship God with my giving, and I thank God for, for, for what God is doing. And the first thing we do as the ministry, we, we pull the tithe and offering first off, off the top of everything that comes in Harvest Church. And it goes out to community outreaches, and it goes out to support the Great Commission in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. We are, we are doing the Great Commission, and as God continues to increase Harvest Church and continues to bring more families to Harvest Church, we're able to do that in a greater way. Thank God for that. But tithing also, I remember when I first started tithing, it, it really was where the rubber met the road of dealing with selfishness in my life. Am I going to just spend all that on myself, or am I going to trust God enough as my provider to do what He says to increase and to be my provider? It deals with selfishness. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Charles Parker said it like this, the person who lives by himself and for himself is likely to be corrupted by the company he keeps. If all you do is everything for yourself, it's just a miserable dwelling, a miserable life. But I learned that God wanted to bless me. And, and let me just say this. 
I'm going to say this as kind as I possibly can. I've been in services before where you were literally scared the wits out of you. You better tithe or God's going to curse you. Wait, I, 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 I would rather have teaching that leads us to tithe rather than have teaching that scares us to tithe because we, we need to tithe in faith knowing it's a principle of God and tithe knowing that he's going to meet our needs. However, after we hear the teaching, we can be a, a, a hearer of the word or only, or we can do that word and trust God and, and thank God that we're tithers and givers and thank God we can learn that uh, in personal ways and in, in our businesses and our enterprises and in our church, we can look to God. And, and I do, I worship God over the tithe. And I say, God, I'm, we're tithers and we're givers. And I thank you that we walk under the open windows of heaven. And I thank you for pouring out the blessing upon us so that our needs are met and so that we can, we can help others. But Father, I thank you that seed is multiplied in our life. So it's our choice. We can learn these principles, but what we choose to do, listen, it will determine whether or not God can provide for us and be involved in our in our finances. So that is a little bit sobering, a lot sobering. As a matter of fact, when we face challenging times as a family, and when we face financially, and we, when we face challenging times in the ministry, I always go back to making sure our tithe is, is, is intact and our offerings are good. And sometimes I'll just sow an extra seed to just free things up. And uh, as a matter of fact, when, uh, when my wife and I were out at Ramah, uh, we just, we conversed with each other. What, what are we going to give? And uh, we, we, we came back from Ramah, and we, we sowed triple what we normally give Ramah on a monthly basis. I don't say that for any other reason, but sometimes God will just deal with you to do things final thing I'll say is one of the reasons why I had to learn and turn to God as my providers because up until that time when I was in school up until that time I really didn't have to believe God as my provider because my parents provided for me but God dealt with me when we were way back there 32 years ago at Ramah to call my family and, and they were just sowing seeds in our life, being out there studying for the ministry. But I was led to, my wife and I were led to call back home and say, listen, please don't send any more money. We, we just, we appreciate it. We don't want to sound, uh, I don't know, I just, we just need to trust God as our provider. So please don't send us any money. My wife and I had to learn to look to God for everything. Who are we looking to today to provide for us? Let's make sure we look to God as our provider. These are just some things that we've learned. I'll get a little bit more into that next week as we learn how my wife and I have learned to trust God as our provider. Let's pray. Father, we look to you today, and we uh, thank you for the different tweaks and the different things you're dealing with all of us about to adjust in our lifestyles and 
And God, I worship you again. You are our provider. You're our source of everything. And I thank you for the things that you've taught us in trusting you to be our provider. I thank you for it, God. I'm sure there's things you're going to continue to teach us as you lead us by your Holy Spirit. There's certain things your Bible, your Word tells us to do, and we'll do that. And there's, there's times where you lead us and guide us to sow different extra seeds because you're, you're wanting to get certain things to us so you can get things through us. And Father, please help the people to see that tithing and giving is not to take things away from the people but to get you involved in their lives so you can multiply what they've sown and you can provide for them. In Jesus' name, as we bow our heads in prayer today, let's not leave this service without seeing if anybody that's at the sound of my voice right now needs to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the most important message you can ever hear. The gospel is simply this. The Word of God says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of that sin is death. But there's a free gift of God called eternal life through Jesus Christ. He, Jesus, that knew no sin, was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the Word of God tells us that He died for our death penalty. And on the third day, God raised Him from the dead. Jesus is alive. He's the Savior of the whole world. But have you received him and taken him as your Savior? Have you pronounced his salvation and lordship over your life? If you've not done that, do that with me now. Say that with me today. Pray it right where you are. That's right. Just while you're viewing online, while you're, while you're hearing my, my voice right now, say, God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for all of my sin. I believe on the third day, once you paid my death penalty, God raised you from the dead. He raised you in the newness of life. And you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. No man can get to the Father except through you, Jesus. So Jesus, I'm coming to you because I need you as my Savior. I repent. I apologize for all my bad past. Now I turn to you in repentance and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. I receive you. I take you as my Lord now. And I confess you as my Lord. Jesus, you are now my Savior. And Jesus, you are now my Lord. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, look up on the screen. They'll have a number for you to call so we can get back to you. And it's so important that you connect with the local church. If you're here uh, in the area, come to Harvest Church. If you're not, find a good local church where you are. And, of course, we're doing all of our services virtually right now. So, so sign up and go to our website and uh, find out all the good things that will help you in your new faith walk and connect. We reach, we bring people to church, we connect, choose community. You need other people to walk, walk with you and, and befriend you and come alongside you to help you in your new walk with God. And then you want to grow to your full potential. Then you want to serve your way to your destiny. Amen.
Well, you know, it's, it's reminiscent of me to just think about the message that I talked to you about today. And I'm just going to go further. It's going a little slower than I thought. But there's just, I think, some nuggets that we can pull from these teachings that we need to hear and not rush it. And it just bring, brings back so many memories for my wife and I. And um, I'm so thankful that God is, continues to teach us His ways of doing and being right. It's been a blessing to be with you this morning. We sure love and appreciate you. Listen, if this message has been a blessing to you, forward it. Share it with someone else. And, uh, and then again, there'll be 11 o'clock service here in a little while. But, uh, God bless you. We look forward to worshiping with you again on this coming Wednesday. You don't want to miss it because it's going to be a time where there's going to be teaching on prayer, and then we're going to pray together. And I tell you what, this nation needs prayer. We've got to pray over the election. We want to make sure that we pray that God's chosen uh, servants and, and get into the offices that they need to get into. So let's make sure we assemble together virtually, and let's pray some things out on Wednesday. Hey, have a great day. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you soon.